<laughs> Rest in peace to Norm MacDonald. This is Corey and this is the other uh, the podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob <laughs> rushing back to the uh rushing back to the camera because my AC is still on. For people um, for people watching on YouTube, no, Rob is not in witness protection. <laughs> good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 388. Uh, 388 of the Earth Podcast. Coming to you from all over Los Angeles, allegedly. <laughs> and Corey is there at the hashtag OT LA Studios. Hi about the one. Or uh, gentrifying LA, one neighborhood at a time. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, you can listen to us on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. So, as you guys, if you're watching on video, you, you may see. You going to fix that? Or? I am in relief. Uh, I should have heeded Corey's warnings time after time, year after year. Uh, but I've gone into hiding uh, now based on some of the things that I've said in the past about uh, people I work with and um, <laughs> people in the community and political leaders. I'm just kidding. Fuck all y'all. You can see my face. <laughs> Give a fuck about you. Give a fuck about anybody. <laughs> I have a video coming up on Instagram about fuck Gen Z. Not one of you, not somebody in particular, all of you. Fuck <laughs> all of you. Gen, anyway, wait, so Gen, hey, Z is, Gen Z is the next one, right? Yeah, that's it's the millennials and then Gen Z. Yes. Okay. The ones that you want to be so bad. You want to be Gen Z so bad. Me? I say as I drink my Yoohoo. <laughs> Me? I want to be Gen Z so bad? Yes. No, oh, I <laughs> Gen, having kids is a Gen Z thing. Us millennials, we don't want no babies. We're not trying to have no babies. We are, dogs are the new babies, and uh, pets or uh, uh, plants are the new pets. <laughs> a baby? That's like that guy you know who owns a tiger. Like, what the fuck is he thinking? How much money does he have? Carol Baskin, I'll kill that bitch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That wasn't me. That was an impression. Was... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, anyway, so uh, Corey's on a tight schedule because he's got to go vote. Uh, so <laughs> possibly let's keep it tight. <laughs> Big news of the week: performative politics. And you might think that we're talking about, you know, uh, what's happening in D.C., but no, we're talking about what's happening in New York, and not the fact that Chris Cuomo has not a single time on his show mentioned that his brother is no longer the governor of the state of New York, which seems weird because he talked about his brother was governor all the time on the show. What I'm talking about is the Met Gala. And some of you may be confused. You'd be like, Met Gala, I didn't know that was happening. If you were on social media or watch TV or, or on YouTube and you were like, oh, is it the uh, 75th annual Hunger Games? Yes. Yes, that's that's exactly what it was. Uh, the rich get dressed up in their finest and... Um, they go walk a red carpet, which is stairs um, in dresses that are worth more than Corey makes in a year. Yeah. I mean, not me, not me, but you know, but Corey on, more than Corey makes in a year on tickets uh, alone. They probably, they probably <laughs> eclipse what most of us make in a year. You got to, I mean, the, the, the tickets are 30,000 a piece. So, yeah. You know. So if you're going with two people, What's the isn't the median income basically like fifty eight thousand or something like that right now? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh no no I'm sorry that's uh <laughs> I was thinking about uh I was thinking about uh Los Angeles I think 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, Los Angeles, yes. Nationally, absolutely. No, I mean, absolutely. still, fifty-eight thousand in Los Angeles is basically like you're the poorest you person. <laughs> there are homeless people who make fifty-eight k a year. That's why they can't don't afford have rent homes. on fifty-eight k a year. Jesus, where am I supposed to live for that? Well, I guess where do you live for fifty-eight k a year? Santa Clarita. That's where I live. All right. I guess I'll just live on the street for a while until I can afford a home. Vacaville. I drive in from Vacaville every single day. Victorville. <laughs> you always say Vacaville. I don't know where you go. Bro, there is a real town called Vacaville. It's further than Victorville. Vacaville? Cow town. Yes. You have your computer in front of you. Look up Vacaville. V-A-C-A-V-I-L-L-E. Cowtown. Vacaville. Everybody watch his face. Vacaville City in California. All right. Oh. And there, the realization comes to him. Oh, it's all the way up, up in the Bay Area, though. Yeah, it's fucking. Oh, okay. It's further. It's further than Victorville. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's like, the, I mean, like... it's the South Bay, right? It's on this side of San Francisco. No, it's, but it's, it's on the other. It's on the other. Oh, side. is it? Yeah, it's up like halfway oh. between San Francisco and Sacramento. Oh, maybe. Okay. So maybe the first time I was making that reference, I was talking about San Francisco too. I mean, Sacramento. if I leave right now, it would take me about six hours and 13 minutes, assuming I could do this without charging, which I absolutely can't. But <laughs> Okay, so so when uh, when you're going on vacation later on this week, then you'll, it'll take you six hours to get there. I get you. Okay, I'll, I'll, uh, stop, anyway. I'll stop in Vacaville up on the <laughs> Vacaville up on the way. I'll just go see what's going on in town. So I'm going to do this. Go to their Applebee's. Meet. I'm going to do this to meme later because I realize I don't have one. So uh, bear with me, Corey. Mm -hmm. Imagine walking around <laughs> with all of this all of the time. Anywho, uh, part of the reason why Rob talks about the performative politics of the Met Gala is because uh, along with all the celebrities uh, was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wearing a... Who, by the way, looked gorgeous. Look, looked absolutely oh, yeah. gorgeous. Looked great. Uh, listen, looked deserving of being there. I, don't say that about her. Um, <laughs> I have mixed feelings about AOC. Um, I think as one human, a human male to a human female, I have one set of feelings. Um, as a leftist to another leftist, I have another set of feelings that are a little harsher. But I mean. I mean, really, she's the best hope people, you got, though. No, don't fucking say that. Don't tell me that AOC is my Luke Skywalker. Because if AOC is my Luke Skywalker, I'm gonna throw myself into the heart of the Death Star right now. She's I the, can't do it. She's the she's the easy step on the way to the Luke Skywalker. She's the baby Yoda on the way to the Luke Skywalker. Wait a second, then, because in my mind, she is you know uh, Palpatine. No, I think I think she is much like you. Uh, you know, in Disney Plus created baby yoda yeah like it was like this thing that became like cultural beyond star wars fans this cute little thing yeah that became like, cultural yeah rachel knew what baby yoda was she had no idea what any of the star wars were about or any of the characters or any she probably would have vague recollections of like luke and darth vader and stuff like that uh but no understanding of the whole thing she knew what Didn't baby, know yoda, it was baby was. yoda because there but, was a yoda before but is she if all of a sudden Baby Yoda was on the TV, she'd sit down and watch a little bit of The Mandalorian. So she was like the Baby Yoda is like the tester to the rest of the universe for people who have not gotten into Star Wars yet. 
That's somebody's mother. Just so we're clear, that is someone's <laughs> mother. The next generation is being raised by that person. Well, I mean, to be fair, I haven't seen the Star Wars movies either, so I'm not a somebody's father. <laughs> this is someone's father. This and I watched and I watched some of the Mandalorian, mostly because I walked through the room and I'm like, "Hey, Baby Yoda." <laughs> but I'm saying the the we've done something. I don't know if it's good, but as always. You're... The uh, you know, your, your hope of a of a future leftist regime uh, starts with people thinking AOC is a good idea, but she doesn't go quite far enough. Absolutely the problem not. is because, that most people yeah, think no, no, AOC is too far for you. This, She's AOC not far enough. Is, AOC is exactly what Fisher talked about when he said tools of anti-capitalism actually become tools of capitalism because they are supporting by being so cute and so cuddly, they're supporting the system that's in place because they, they make anti-capitalism non-threatening and that does nothing for the movement. The baby Yoda just defense, correct. Yes, it, it just continues the ratchet effect of the conservative party trying to turn things to the right, conservative right, and the liberal liberal party, which is no longer liberal, just like being a ratchet so that as it turns back, it doesn't allow it to come back any further to the left. So the performative politics part of it is like, listen, you are wearing a $100,000 dress to a $30,000 a ticket event. Is it 100000 Did she pay for the dress? No, it was on loan. Nobody pays for those fucking dresses. They're all on loan from designers, but it's a $100,000 dress. And paid, whether or not you paid for a ticket, it's a $30,000 a ticket event. And you're wearing a fucking dress that says tax the rich amongst the motherfucking rich. Yeah. Amongst the rich, you're yeah. wearing a dress that says tax the fucking rich. This is Fisher's idea of tools of capitalism because essentially you're non-threatening and all of those rich people around you are going to be like, yes, the rich should be taxed. And all the fucking poor people are saying, well, I don't know about this tax and the rich thing because someday I might be rich and I don't want to be taxed. And the poor people are going to get poor and the rich people, nothing the fuck's going to happen to them because what's going to happen is AOC is just going to get more wealthy the longer she stays in Congress. And then eventually she's going to be like, well, listen, this whole tax, the rich thing, what I really meant was like the top one half of one half of 1%, not like people like me who are just millionaires, not like millionaires. I mean like billionaires. Yeah. And that's absolutely not what we should do. This whole See, but- tax, the rich dress thing performative. Now, if she had gone in, in her motherfucking street clothes and then been like, who are you wearing? Gucci, how much is that dress? 150,000? Oh, wine on the dress. That's non-performative politics. That is action-based uh, communism. But that's neither here nor there. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> fine if you want her to go in and get kicked out immediately for spilling wine on people's dresses and stuff. But Here's what I will promise you. If you invite me to the Met, I will accept the ticket. <laughs> you you pay the $30,000, I will Met. accept the ticket. I am going to wear exactly what i wear every other day black t-shirt i will style my hair exactly the same as i usually do might get a fresh cut i'm gonna do the cut uh fresh cut (laughs) black t-shirt um maybe a new one depends if i have any in the closet i might step it up to the new t-shirt and jeans and i'm gonna walk in there and i'm gonna make fun of every single fucking person there i'm gonna stand on the red carpet except for dan levy you'll 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 girl crush a little bit dan levy but then you'll You'll move on to the rest. Of the... I mean, fuck listen, you, fuck uh, you. You're cool. Fuck you. <laughs> that 
is an accurate representation of what would happen. <laughs> I would absolutely do that. I'd be like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Oh, hey, Dan, what's up? Uh, <laughs> this is a fantastic outfit. 200000 Oh, yeah. No. Well, at least you didn't pay for the ticket. You did. Oh. oh. Merely from a children's charity, you stole it. No, 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 no. It's that's a perfectly deserving reason for you to show up at the Met Gala. <laughs> Dan, please go, please go right now. I can't control it so long. No. Uh, anyway, I can only do um, this performance of happiness for so long. <laughs> There's a Kardashian coming. I need you to go in. I want you to see this. Uh, so yeah, to be uh, that would basically be one day. <laughs> Friends, right, Dan? <laughs> no, no matter what happens, no matter how early I get kicked out of this event, we're still friends, right, Dan? I mean, he probably find it funny. Honestly. See, see, but the problem is here. Here's the, you know, it's funny. I talked to, uh, I've talked to rich people before. People who a lot of people would consider super rich people, right? People who make a million dollars a year. Yeah, I know. You talk to your dad a lot. Go ahead. <laughs> other people. Other people I've talked to. Who, other rich people. Yeah. Other rich people. Other rich lawyers I've talked to. And uh, they will all say uh, they get taxed too much. And uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to say this. I think that if everyone honestly paid the taxes that they were supposed to pay, then people who make a million dollars a year wouldn't have to be taxed this much. The reason why mm-hmm. people who make a million dollars a year feel like they get hit by it so hard is because they don't make enough money to be able to pay for the people who allow them to get rid of all the money that they like do right off. Yeah. Like, you know, for instance, my dad makes so much or pays so much more in taxes than Jeff Bezos does because he does it honestly, as opposed to Bezos who pays $0 a year, you know, when all of a sudden everyone who's lumped, you know, if you say like everyone who makes a million dollars or more only pays this much in taxes, then, all that number is coming from the people who make a million dollars a year, not the people who make a billion dollars. You know what I mean? So like, and this is the point of the performative politics. It's that not only is it performative in the Met Gala and uh, the very, the beautiful woman wearing a tax, the right stretch. Like honestly, I want her to be the other half of that picture of like the two people with gas masks on, like lifting them up and kissing. And there's like gas all around them. And like, she's yeah. got like an AK 47. I want her to be that. She's not that, but I want her to be that the other half of my revolutionary couple, but she's not. <clears throat> but the other part of the performative politics is just that's representative of the parties as a whole. We, we really only have one political party. We have the Republican party because from the base to the top, they are a party. <coughs> Excuse me, COVID. They have a platform. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not I hope not. They, have, I really hope not. they have a platform. Uh, and they have, for the last 40 years, had this plan and they've laid it out and they followed it. What the Democratic Party is and what AOC is a member of is a political fundraising organization to get people who put a D next to their name elected. And she is now one of those people who got elected. And she is also part of this machine to fund money in. But if you ask them, what does your party stand for? They don't, there's no answer to that question. The Democratic Party stands for nothing because Joe Biden and AOC have very little in common. AOC and Bernie Sanders have more than, than Joe Biden and her have in common, but not a lot in common. It's the big tent party that has no fucking plan except for block Republicans from doing what they're doing, except for keep everyone I, I happy. Keep everyone in that enormous tent happy. And the, 
A hundred percent. And yeah, the bigger nobody's happy. And the we're, worse we're the, Repu- the worse the Republicans get, the bigger the tent gets. And you're now including people like me who used to be who used to be conservatives, who are now still conservative, but still can't vote for a Republican because what do they fucking stand for? I mean, there's oh, hey. the things they stand for are just fucking loony. I mean, like, I, I would agree that like, you know, over the last couple decades, like the Federalist Society and you know, like the NRA before it was like exposed and stuff like that. <laughs> like all these, all these right wing organizations did amazing work laying the groundwork for the things that have come after the fact that have, uh, you know, they've been they've been working to pack the Supreme Court full of people who would overturn Roe versus Wade for twenty years. That's been a good thirty years, forty. Years, you yeah. know, they've been it's been a goal, yeah. and through persistence, they were able to do it. Uh, and I'm not saying that that's right or anything, but I'm saying if the Democrats could just for one second come up with a goddamn plan and work on it and then go through with it, then perhaps there's actually a chance for something to happen, but nobody wants to seem to want to do the plan thing. Both the parties right now are both parties of fear in my in my uh, calculation as opposed 100%. to... I mean, like, the Republicans are just like, you can't vote for Joe Biden. He will bring socialism and communism to America, which is absolutely not what Joe Biden would do. Look at Rob's face if you want want to see. The Democratic Party is a big tent party that can now include Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, both of whom want to throw black men in jail and uh, call them super predators and uh, do not care about the environment one bit and... Uh, really don't care about a woman's right to choose despite the fact that one of them is a woman, but she's a rich woman. So that means that the law doesn't really apply to her because, you know, reasons um, of access. And uh, no, but that's what it comes down to is that that everybody has their particular thing that they worry about, right? So like the greens, the environmentalists, they care about the environment and you cannot get their asses up and out for anything other than the environment. But they want everybody to fucking show up for the environment when they didn't show up for anything else. And it's not them. It's not just them. It's not their fault because right now abortion is the big issue and the abortion rights advocates are out there and they want everyone to be motivated. But where the fuck were you when the Dakota pipeline uh, was a big issue? Couldn't get your ass out. Couldn't get you to do anything. We needed you here. You weren't here. Okay. Now you want them to come out for you, but now they don't want to because you didn't come out for their thing. And it's just a blame game of history of you are not a motivated party because realistically it's just about stopping whatever thing the republicans are doing now right and that is well i mean it. it's a response and, it's and only a response of fear let, let's transition over to the recall a bit well that's uh, also a response of fear by the way yeah gavin newsom uh, I mean, the republican recall i mean right here in my hands hold on let me show the part that isn't identifying anything <laughs> <laughs> right here in my hand is my is my uh ballot i have not turned it in yet uh, because honestly, the decision has been weighing with me heavily, uh, and I spent a lot of today trying to think about it. I even I even went to find the law on California recall or on recalls in California to see if it gave any guidance into how I should like almost like I'm a Supreme Court justice looking at the <laughs> like precedent. Democrats wrote that like law. That. There's no guidance in there. No, the the it's just like. Uh, you know, if people decide to recall the governor, this is how it happens. Like that's basic. It's very plainly written. It's not like if you're angry at Gavin Newsom, this is how you recall him. You know, or anything like that. 
Um, if you'd like to send a message, here's how you send a message without fucking up the state. For the the next best guidance months. I could actually find was in a preface to a document that was written up by the uh, California Secretary of State, which basically said, like, the recall process is an opportunity for the electorate to show whether or not they are an uh, agreement or disagreement with the way that things are going with the cu- current governor. And I'm just like, that re- or approval, I'm sorry, not agreement, approval. Mm-hmm. It can act as approval or disapproval of the job that the governor is doing or the elected official is doing. And, you know, under that basis, I can't approve of Gavin Newsom. I don't want Larry Elder. I don't want any of the other clown show Republicans who are running to be uh, governor. I really don't want that to happen. Uh, generally speaking, I don't think Gavin Newsom has been doing a awful or bad job. I mean, like he's not, he's not as bad as Gray Davis was when he was recalled as California governor. Yeah. Uh, but, but, and that's why at the same time, it's just like, I I don't want, uh, my problem is that like, I don't, it's going to take a couple weeks for us to get, get the full announcement. So don't turn into CNN expecting to hear like the final results tonight, but like, uh, I'm sure they're going to predict that Kevin Newsom will, will win somewhere after like eight o'clock Pacific time when it closes because yeah. they can't help themselves. But uh, uh, I, I just I'm so I'm so sick of I don't want to vote. I wouldn't vote for Gavin Newsom if this was a primary. Like if there's some other Democrat running, I'd probably vote for that Democrat over Gavin Newsom. If there was another Democrat in the runoff list like a reasonable you know there's a youtuber who's a democrat and i'm not saying that he does he can't have good ideas but i'm just saying like i'm not prepared to make him governor like <laughs> there's yeah. like a line well i was like... gonna say that two things one that's why uh other states recall laws make more sense where the gov- sitting governor can do the recall but also run in the recall election because that's the message to send them yes a recall but also i'm gonna vote for you in the recall because of a shitty list of people, you're the least shitty. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I like you. You're not doing a good job, but I don't want any of these guys. So I'm going to vote for you. Two, I have a message to Biden based on this. We need to repeal unemployment benefits. If this dude's got enough time to be looking up prefaces of laws and shit, <laughs> we need to just repeal the benefits. Send him, send his ass to work at McDonald's or something. I, like, I have Christ. not, I have not been getting, <laughs> I have not been getting unemployment for quite some time. So just put that out there. That was done on my oh own my time. God. Oh my god! Uh, no, let me uh, let me try to analyze that at the end of my seventy-hour work week. I'll try to sit down for a few minutes and uh, and figure out how I feel about the, your your research time. Me, me reading the California Constitution earlier today. Wait, uh, fast forward to the end of the show. How's that YouTube content coming, Corey? <laughs> Poorly. <laughs> um, mm. No, but it, I had eighteen months. This to just is sit at home and work on shit. Oh, anyway, uh, the problem is that I, I, what I would really like is for Gavin Newsom, the no to win Gavin Newsom to stay as governor. But if there was a way to do it where he won by one vote and that didn't cause some sort of like crisis of whether or not they counted correctly and stuff like that. But if he could win by one vote and I didn't have to be involved, I would feel so happy. Like I would... Because I feel like if you know, like what 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 it looks like is going to happen based off of polling, which is not the best yeah. thing to go off of anymore. But still, it's like a fifteen point win for the for the no. So like, I don't want him to win. You know, like sixty five thirty five in the no yes no question, 
and then go up on a stage and just be like, you proved California that you love me and you want me to be here forever and you never want me to leave. Because that is not the message I want to send. I want him to wake up every single morning, like looking at results, finding out whether or not he still has a job. Thank God. I still have a job today. All right, let's go to work. And then when they officially say it's final sometime in like January, uh, when the state of California finally gets done with the election, then and only then can Gavin Newsom go like, well, I think they've sent a clear message that they don't want me fucking around anymore. So I'm just going to go. I'm going to go home. I'm going to find another Democrat to run in my place. I'm not doing this anymore. I, I just don't I, – I, I don't want him to feel okay. like he won from this. Like, that's the problem. That's, I don't why, want to... that's why other states' laws make more sense because, like, the no vote gets an 85%, and then he wins the recall, like, 60% to, you know, slivers. And then he's like, okay, fuck. Um, I've, you've sent me a message. None of you want me to be governor but you don't want these guys to be governor more. So, okay. I mean, like, I, I feel like <laughs> I got to do some shit. I wish there was a, I wish there was like a California recall, but then there was also like a California uh, censure or something like, that. <laughs> like, like I wish well, we could is. just, we could just vote to Con- censure. The Congress can do that. Well, the Congress can do that. I'm just saying the, the electorate, that would be so much better. I'd vote yes on the censure of Gavin Newsom every single day. If I could. It's not allowed to talk anymore. Like, that's enough out of you, Gavin. <laughs> just sit down. Go be governor for a while. Hey, Gavin, shut the fuck up. Here's my belt. <laughs> like, I'm going to vote I mean, for you, but just shut the fuck up. How about that, okay? I mean, like, the worst part is that, you know, much like the Trump-Biden election, I didn't want to vote for Joe Biden. Like, fuck no, I didn't want to cho- vote for Joe Biden. But here I am, like an idiot, voting for Joe Biden because I didn't want Donald Trump to be president. And, you know, that's fine because I'm not uh, <laughs> not looking for J- uh, Trump to be president also it wouldn't have mattered in california joe biden was gonna win regardless of what i did but i'm saying like i'm tired of voting in these elections where it's just like you have to do it or else trump will be president well you have to do it or else larry elder will be governor like how about for once in our lives it could just be like hey gavin newsom's a good guy here's all the good things he did i'm not saying he didn't do good things he did you know with covid i think he handled it Better than most, but that doesn't mean he got an right A plus. Right the French laundry. Right well, up no, until I French mean, laundry. like the problem was that you know, like that—that's the—that's the scar that lasts on him right now, which is like whether or not uh, he was wrong for going to the French laundry, which of course he was. <laughs> like, no, everyone else was sitting at home, and he was telling, like, begging people to stay home. And then the second he did that, he gave license to all these people in California, all across the state, who were just like, "Oh well, if he's gonna say fuck it, then I'm gonna say fuck it." And then you were never able to, like, we were never able to get the toothpaste back in the tube after that, you know? Like, it was over after that. And, you yeah. know, people are trying their best to, you know, follow the rules and be safe and keep other people safe. Fuck but no. No, they're fucking not. Nobody fucking is. No, I'm saying there are people who are doing that. Me. I'm the single only person <laughs> The only doing person that. in California who hasn't left there. Only fucking person you can find at home. Every day of the week. I'm not going or in anywhere. my bubble or in my bubble, <laughs> but none of those fucking people are doing it either. So what are you going to do? I'm doing everything I can. Here. That's all. Wait, 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 wait. Are you? Are you doing everything you can? Yeah. You? So uh, just a scheduling note. Um, we will be here next week, uh, but the week after will be a recording because. Um, why? Why are we, we have to record an episode? Uh, cause I'm going to be in Cal or in San Francisco. 
Oh, you'd be tra- traveling. Yes, yeah, traveling. For a wedding? For a, a wedding for a week. Yeah, yeah that's right. But I'll be. We should be back on time. Are you doing Vegas still, or? No. Nah, first of all, don't say Vegas like I'm taking a vacation. <laughs> I have been asking my boss the entire two last two weeks. Are you making me go to Vegas for work? Because the company we acquired is based in Vegas. But I don't want to go. I don't want to go. <laughs> Anywho, um... I like how you throw Vegas in there. Like you're still going to Vegas. Like, motherfucker, like, I'm going for fun, all right? Like, I'm going to be going for, I'm going to be working my same 70 hours in a different office. I'm not saying. It happens to be in Las Vegas. I'm not saying, I'm saying. Oh, that's, I saw you trying to throw me under the bus there. That's I the, saw you trying to throw me under the, the bus. That's the thing, that's the thing that's uh, keeping us from doing the podcast next week. I'll be back in time for recording, not next week, the week after. That's week after, word. yes. Next week is recorded either way. Well, I mean, next, next week's podcast we'll do on Saturday. Yes, and then recorded recorded on Saturday, but then the next week we could be doing uh, we could be doing it live on Monday. True. Yes, Mm -hmm. the week after you return, yeah, uh, from your your trip, yeah, your voluntary trip. We'll be doing it. So, uh, speaking of voting for someone rather than voting against someone else, Corey, how would you feel about voting for George W. Bush in twenty twenty four? Because he's had a bit of a a renaissance. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed. He is the great peacekeeper. He is the great wise man. I think that uh, there were two lessons of this this week of Republicans saying the right thing, but at the same time, just the general oeuvre of them is uh, fuck them forever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the first one, a funnier one, not really funny because it led to, you know, funny the capital being but- overthrown. But I mean, like, uh, apparently Mike Pence was reaching out to people. Uh, looking for counsel on what to do about the recertification of the vote. And he reached out to a uh, uh, legendary Republican Party elder, Dan Quayle, who uh, told him, no, you can't do that, Mike. Under no circumstances do you have any <laughs> legal ability to do anything. You just have to open the envelopes and count the votes. And Mike Pence was like, hey, but wait a minute, what about this? And it's just like, no, Mike, you can't do anything. You're worthless Listen, here. Mike, Mike, <laughs> I can't spell potato, but I know that you can't overthrow the government <laughs> as the head of the Senate. Yeah, that's not, it's not part of your job description. Um, yeah. By the so, way, Dan Quayle, for those of you who are, you know, Gen Zers, uh, number one, I hate you. Number two, <laughs> Dan Quayle was a uh, vice president uh, to George Bush in the election. 90, uh, George Senior, yeah. George Senior, sorry, 88, yes. And then in 92, famously was in an elementary school classroom and misspelled potato when he wrote it on, on the chalkboard, chalkboard at the time, because chalk on blackboard was what we had. Um, and then never lived it down and it ruined his political career. You have that absolutely right. The man misspelled potato by putting an E on the end of potato, like, you know, 70% of dumbass Americans would, and it ruined his political career. No, no insurrection. No, I could shoot a man on Fifth Avenue. No, grab her by the pussy. None of that. Potato. Potato (laughs) ruined that man's career. He was done. So He was over. Yeah. That used to be the bar. Yeah, that was the bar. (laughs) Trump, Trump lowered the bar. Yeah. Uh, but before Trump lowered the bar, George W. Bush lowered the bar. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, passionate conservative. Listen, he uh, he said uh, at, at his speech in Shanksville, where uh, uh, find find people took down Flight 93 from the terrorists. Uh, he gave a speech where he said that the terrorists or where an American jet shot down 
the plane. I mean, <laughs> did you watch the did you watch the uh, 9-11 thing on Netflix yet? No. Oh, watch it. It's good. Listen, George Bush did 9-11. I, <laughs> I know that. You know that. Everybody knows that. Jet shot down the plane in Shanksville. I still I still like the South Park. Uh, uh, we the the uh, we just want you to think that it's a government conspiracy because who could ever trust that the government would capable of pulling off something like this? It makes the government look like they're capable of things. <laughs> yes, it makes it scarier if you think the government could pull that off. Makes the government seem inept if you know people around the world were discussing funding and then carrying out a terrorist event and then were able to do so. Yeah, uh, because. By the way, also, uh, ironic, unironic, funny, not funny, people on Twitter reacting to like, wait, you mean the TSA didn't exist before 2000? And and they're like, no, you used to just walk onto the fucking airplane. Very little security. You could buy your ticket at the airport. No bags. Walk onto the fucking plane. That was it. Not only that. Not only that, but if your mom came to visit you for a weekend, you could park in the garage for like, you know, an hour or two. You could walk into the airport. You could walk all the way to the terminal. You to could the be gate, there to the gate, and you get could her. be there waiting right outside the gate when she got off to give your mother a hug. Yeah. Now you have to fucking well, drive around the concourse for well, fucking I mean, COVID. A- also, you can't meet her and give her a hug, so you know <laughs> she's got to quarantine for fucking two weeks. I don't give a shit what vaccine you got. <laughs> Uh, but no, it, it was, and then by the way, the TSA using that as an opportunity to be like, yes, back in 2001, in response to the global war on terror, the TSA was organized to keep you safe from three ounce bottles of shampoo. <laughs> Just everything about America is the fucking worst, including the next generation who's going to run it. Well, you know, it's it's the long. The problem is, it's a long continued history for people like you and me. <laughs> who who ring the alarm about something and then people get upset about it and then it becomes part of our life and then we forget. Like, yeah. you know, like, you remember when the Patriot Act, like, this is the undoing of American basic, like, basic jurisprudence of, like, how you're allowed to collect the information of somebody that you stay up to get a fucking judge. You'd wake up a judge to get them to yeah. <laughs> sign a thing, uh, an affidavit, that was painstakingly put together to authorize a wiretap on somebody. Unless you're in Baltimore, then you just make the shit up and no, yeah. <laughs> then you just say them. drugs were found somewhere near the person's car, and then Bring the judge crack on him. Get out here. <laughs> and then the judge who just transferred up from the Eastern Shore to avoid boy trouble. Yeah. Uh, oh, he killed himself. Come on. Good, good. And you know what? Fucking fuck that guy because. <laughs> Because nothing says I'm guilty like swallowing the memory card before you shoot yourself in the face. No, no. He swallowed the memory card. Then the cops arrested him. Then they got the memory card by pumping his stomach. They came back to arrest him for whatever they found on the memory card. And then he shot himself. Oh, I thought it was the other way. I thought he put them. He ate the memory card and then shot himself and they got it later. No, no, no. They got the memory card. They released him on Mm. bail. And then he shot himself when they came to rearrest him because they found out what was on the memory card. Never now they'll never announce what the evidence was. We'll never know. Yeah, but seems seems pretty uh, damning. I don't know if you. I mean, listen. Also, I don't. Another news. I don't. I don't usually. For judge, I don't so. usually shoot myself in the face when somebody goes through my memory. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh my god, I can't have them see the episodes of the podcast I just recorded. <laughs> like, to be fair, 
if it was the FBI, maybe you should swallow that memory card. I'm just saying it could be that. Get 20 uh, minutes of salty TW TSA talk. Fuck the TSA. But uh, in other news, I, I'm going to move back to Maryland and run for judge. So I'll see y'all soon. Couldn't get any worse, right? Like about communists, hate cops. Boys, not little boy is not a problem though. Just little boy, I'm just saying, little boy is not a problem. Uh, hate cops, little boy is not a problem. So, uh, cheers. Uh, oh, god. Oh, man, uh, the Eastern Shore doesn't know what they got. Uh, that feels revolution. like it could be, feels like it could be a wacky, uh, wacky like sitcom on CBS. Just I like, don't know how you get only, in. I don't know only, how you get in. The that. only judge in a conservative area dies, and then the replacement is like a communist. <laughs> like, it's like pulled up from judge school. <laughs> or uh, it's a out of cycle election, and there's like nine votes out of a county of a hundred thousand people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it was just me and my six friends who went to the polls, <laughs> and then three other guys. I won! <laughs> Yay! Just, just show people in the cold open, just random voters, like, walking into the booth going, like, I'm not voting for fucking judge. <laughs> just moving, like, just, like... <laughs> I don't even know who any of these candidates are. I'm not voting for judge. Oh, <laughs> you know, like... my God. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, I mean, the that might actually be good. The problem is that, uh... <laughs> that, uh... Even if people don't know the names of the people, they're just going to look at the names of the judges and they're just going to be like, O'Donnell, sounds like an Irish guy. I'm going to vote for him. I don't know any better. Also, advantage, a lot of people just vote for the first few names on the list and the C puts me at the top. <laughs> so I'm just saying. I do, I do enjoy that uh, uh, I, I went through like some philo or, uh, philosophy class at one point where they're just like... Uh, You've uh you've just moved to a new town and you need to get a new doctor, and they give you a big list of all the doctors. Who are you going to pick? And it's just like ninety percent of people will just pick the name of a doctor who sounds like they're kind of like them. Yeah. Like if you're yeah. Latino, you just find a doctor Gutierrez, and you're just like, that's it. I got it. found the guy. <laughs> you don't know. See, no I go the opposite. I I go the opposite. I I see a white guy's name on that list, and I'm just picturing like. A 90-year-old dude who's going to fall asleep in the middle of my fucking session. And I'm just like, what I want is a Latino or a Latina or Asian female doctor. Because she's going to be in her 20s or 30s. She's going to be young. And she's going to be fired up and trying to cure some disease. And God knows I got a lot of stuff. I like, me. So, <laughs> I like how you make these assumptions. Uh, going back to George W. Bush, though. For real quick. <laughs> Uh, it was it was really great uh, for George Bush to take time out of his busy day to, uh, you know, say that domestic terrorism is bad. Uh, I'm glad somebody glad somebody on the right has decided that uh, this is the time to say it, because I, I think it was basically just uh, George W. Bush a week ago or this week. Uh, and before that, it was Larry Hogan. Uh, you know, back in January, but like I do have, I have one note for George W. Bush though, um, and like John Kasich or someone like that. <laughs> but like, uh, it's supposed to be art then war crimes, not war crimes then art. That's <laughs> you got the order all mixed up, George. Sorry. Right. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry. Yeah. the The real point here is that uh, for people who weren't around during the George Bush years, George W. Bush years, uh, uh, if Donald Trump never existed, if he never decided to go down that fucking escalator 
and run for president and stuff like that. Uh, George W. Bush would be the worst president of our lifetimes by a large margin. And it's not because he was like incompetent or dumb or incapable of doing things like back in the day when we were when we were in elementary school and stuff like that. I mean, he was dumb. Well, yeah, but no, no, no. But I'm saying like it's not like he was dumb. Like, you know, the 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 gold standard for bad presidents for us was Millard Fillmore. Like when I was a kid, Millard Fillmore was a joke because he didn't do anything. He wasn't capable of like actually being president. But rather than do things that like hurt America, he just did nothing. So like (laughs) it was kind of like he's the worst one because he didn't even bother trying, you know? Uh, turns out not bothering trying is kind of like better than just fucking up, you know, <laughs> at least you're, at least yeah. you're keeping things steady. <laughs> you can do more damage if you try than if you just don't do anything at all. And George W. Bush tried and he fucked up real bad. That's the, yeah, that's the problem. And over the last two or three weeks that we've been going through with, uh, these retrospectives of Afghanistan with the war officially over and stuff like that, I don't feel like I've heard enough people say, fuck George Bush. Because uh, he had W George he, W. I mean, fuck George Bush also, but uh, fuck George. He had a w humongous part. Of, I mean, George Bush had a part to play because he tried, he tried to get Iraq the first time, inspired his son to finish off the job. So, yeah. and and you know, uh, I was I was telling Rob during the pre-show. We'll move on from nine eleven stuff right after that. But uh, I was telling Rob during the pre-show that it used to be that there were these people who while they were certainly tailored to a political affiliation of one way or another, they were, they almost seemed beyond reproach as far as like common reasonable people. Uh, who, ah, fuck. Uh, who was the secretary of state for Clinton? What, what was her name? Uh, <clears throat> you know who I'm talking uh, about, Madeline right? Albright. Albright. Madeline Albright. Madeline Albright yeah. was one of these people where it was like, even if you were a Republican, you still said, that's a girl who knows what she's doing. Like she, she's she's on top of it. Uh, I don't agree with her on political things, but as far as her being Secretary of State, she's doing a great job. You know. Also, I I think that girl uh, was a concentration camp survivor. Just of note, yeah. of the girl. Well, yeah, I, I I didn't need to minimize it by saying girl. I was just saying <laughs> <laughs> that woman. Uh, but by the way, yeah, I, I got a lot of respect for anybody who's got numbers tattooed on their wrist. Yeah, I'm automatically like. She probably knows more than me. It's, it's, <laughs> no, she probably she probably got she understands. I'm yeah, probably not going to ask questions about this whole thing. No, nah, no. Nah. Go but, <laughs> but at the same time, another person like that was Colin Powell. Colin Powell was the type of person who like he wouldn't lie to you. Like it, it, it felt like if Mister Rogers lied to you or something like that. And then he went in front of the UN Security Council and he said, "We have found evidence of mass uh, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq," uh, and uh, he put on a show that. Because uh, everyone else tried to say the same thing, Donald Rumsfeld tried to say the same thing, and people were Nobody just like, yeah, "Yeah, fuck you! you <laughs> you've been too, you've been too compromised to do this sort of thing." It felt, it almost felt like Colin Powell was just like, "Okay, I've seen the evidence. I got to tell people what I've seen," you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you find out that he was just lying for the pure political, like, let's get another war out of this, like, and it was all wrong. Like him and Condi Rice, who seemed like these like bastions of honor and integrity of the Republican party turned out to be just as flaccid and dumb as the rest of them. Uh, and you know, it's Condoleezza Rice is just a new age Sally Hemings. I, I'm just, I, I'm I fucking, I, I, most of what you just said got, got put, uh, got, 
interrupted by static, so I'm just going to assume you said something awful and then just move on <laughs> to uh, our last segment of the day. No, wait, wait I, I do want to say one thing. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. And that is just, I, I am appalled, uh, disappointed, but not surprised that the last week has been, let's remember the 3,000 Americans lost and very little coverage about the 7 million people who have lost their lives or been displaced by the wars that the deaths of those 3,000 people uh, caused. So also uh, the Mm. Pentagon declassified, started declassifying 9-11 documents and the very first document they declassified shows links between Saudi intelligence and 9-11 hijackers. And 15 of the 19 hijackers were from Saudi Arabia and people have been saying for 20 years, Saudi Arabia was involved. We are still very close allies with Saudi Arabia. Iraq had nothing to do with it. We went to war with Iraq. Uh, Afghanistan had very little to do with it. Um, Other than the fact that they were an empty shell in which Al-Qaeda was able to find a, a foothold. A, because... Much like, you know, a backcountry Kentucky county that <laughs> just doesn't have the resources to deal with the militia that's growing in their county. Afghanistan didn't have the resources to deal with a well-funded organization uh, in their backyard. So, automatic lights. I, but, I don't know. They turned off for some reason. Uh, I just, it, we need to just take a moment and say, seven million killed and displaced because 3,000 American lives were lost. And there is no way you can argue that, anyone can argue to me that 3,000 American lives and two 2,800 American servicemen are equal to in any way, 7,000 lives just because they're not American. Uh, and also, by the way, no, um, and, and, we have. Lo- oh, I, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say on top of that, like, like clearly, uh, you know, I, I, I still feel awful for the people who died in, in the towers and the families and oh, everyone. Sure, yeah, and you know, like I, I, I feel bad for that, but I, I do legitimately feel bad that America didn't have a goddamn plan from the beginning, because, you know. I, Fatal or deaths in war is something that kind of happens, but it w- it feels like so many of these deaths were unnecessary just because there wasn't a fucking plan. Like yeah. <laughs> if there was, well, I, you know, if there was a plan and you know you accidentally killed a civilian while you got Osama bin Laden, then you know maybe you can make some sort of argument about like you yeah. know whether or not that collateral kill was worth it and stuff like that and like you know like. Sorry for that person's family who had to die innocently in the pursuit of something so so evil. But at the at the same time, it's not like that because <laughs> it's just like uh, it, it, the the other side doesn't even matter. The death count doesn't even matter to the people who yeah. are dropping the bombs and flying and the drones. We lost three thousand people on September 11th. We lost three thousand servicemen over twenty years at war, but we have lost nine thousand servicemen since the start of the Afghan war who have died at their own hands once they came back. Yeah. And that not spoken about at all either. We're not going to talk about how the lack of getting people out of the military and dealing with the crisis of mental health that comes from being like, Oh, I was a drone operator and I just blew up an entire family at a wedding and didn't kill the guy that they told me was there. Okay. And then you go home and put a gun in your mouth. Not going to, not going to talk about that at all. Um, let's just honor the 3000 dead. Um, and again, not that it isn't a tragedy that they died and they died unnecessarily, but also if George W. Bush hadn't left troops in Saudi Arabia in 1992, 
then 9-11 wouldn't have happened. And if we hadn't, if uh, Russia, if uh, Reagan hadn't angered the Soviets in 79, they wouldn't have invaded Afghanistan. And then we wouldn't have to have funded the Mujahideen. And if uh, Eisenhower had had a better relationship with Stalin, there wouldn't have been a cold war. And we just continues to go back and back and back and back. There's no start. There's only a stop. We have to find a place where we just stop it. And we still haven't found that place because even though we're out of Afghanistan, as we said last week, People are calling on another war already. Yeah, I, I, don't, I got some bombs. And I'm getting itchy. I don't even understand it, to be honest. I mean, like the, uh, it's like a, uh, you know, somebody who always like strives for something like huge. Like, oh man, I'm not gonna be happy until I get that GTR or until I get that Lamborghini or something like that. It's just like, well, why do you need a Lamborghini over like, you know, you're just driving to and from work. Like, why do you need the Lamborghini over, like, the Corolla? And it's just like, well, you don't understand. The Lamborghini has 700 horsepower, and it's so nice, and blah, 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 and it's my dream car. And but It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But why? Like, literally, why do you need it? And, like, nobody can answer <laughs> nobody can answer that question about war. It's like, eh, no, no, I get it. You're pissed off. I, I understand that uh, your mother didn't love you enough when you were growing up. Why, why exactly do we need to bomb, you know, country X? It's just like... Because I want to. It's like, well, no, but why? <laughs> Can we begin? Like, give me, give me an articulate reason as to what, like, you know, America didn't get into World War II until we were attacked. Like, there were plenty of moments before that. Oh, I know. There were plenty of moments before that where America was just like, we're, we're getting in if you keep doing this. But, you know, the line was pushed until we were attacked. And then that was, that was it. That was, now America has to get involved, you know? I mean, sure. <laughs> Operation Northwoods. But yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh anyway, um before I we get a, out of here. I have a traffic cone sleeping behind me in case you hear some snores. Uh poor producer Brooks. Um <laughs> let's just say he underwent a procedure that I will soon be undergoing and well, in part, I guess. Uh and neither of us are gonna have any offspring. So Sorry, Brooks. Feel better. Uh, but before we get out of here, uh, it of course was we went in the NFL, so that means we have to talk about sports ball. So, Rob, you were over here yesterday for the uh, Ravens game on Monday night. Uh, mm-hmm. Some wings were had. Some, yes. Uh, some fun. It was a it was a good game. Like as far as the actual game goes it was it was a very enjoyable affair ending sucked yeah well i mean oh. the ending was was fun as far if you could separate your ravens fandom from it right, you know, like right the, up until the, yeah. the uh the, it looked like they won and they walked off and then they threw an interception and then there was a turnover and then they finally got the touchdown like it was all very and, uh, and listen it was all very entertaining me. i won my fantasy football week by point three eight <laughs> points so thank god for lamar um you know and uh oh well, no lamar's in my other league yeah. Uh, but somebody, yeah, somebody played it one. Thank you. <laughs> somebody, somebody, somebody got points. Um, I have no idea who I have, was not paying attention. Uh, obviously, this sucks for a Ravens fan though, losing yeah. that first week because you know, presumably, uh, we're not going to do better against Kansas City next week, even though it'll be at home. Uh, you would imagine that they would have a harder time beating Kansas City than they would uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. So the Ravens could start off the season zero and two which will be a hard position to recover from. Um, but you know what? I, I think uh, I think 
since the last time we spoke, uh, the Ravens have lost two more running backs beyond just J.K. Dobbins. They also lost Gus Edwards and then Justice Hill, who were number two and three on the depth chart. So uh, when you lose all your running backs like that, it it can be uh, you're dealing with a different deck of cards than you were at the beginning well, coming in, you know, so yeah. Uh, don't don't take anything I said last week as a uh, <laughs> as like uh, Ravens are definitely making the playoffs because it's going to be a much uh, more uh, tough road to hoe this time. Uh, well, you said they were going to go one in sixteen and uh, well, good, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I, I think I think uh, uh, let's stick with that for right now, shall we? Because <laughs> <laughs> right now it's lining up to be zero and sixteen, zero and seventeen. So you know who knows. I don't know if they'll ever win a game. Well, to be fair, we got to play the Browns, Bengals, and Steelers twice each this year. So, I mean, yeah. there's a chance of a win in there somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Uh, I uh, I will say this. I think the lack of preseason games, or not the lack of the actual games, but the lack of people playing in these games, yeah. had a substantial impact on the quality of the football that we watched across the league in week one. Uh, but you mean particularly uh, in the Ravens. week four, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> particularly in the Ravens game, that defense looked like they haven't played a full football game in a while. And then when you throw they in the overtime, that's the last season. yeah, and that's the thing. Like none of these players like played substantial time in preseason. Uh, you know, and there's something different. Uh, I, I I remember hearing a coach talk once about offensive linemen, right? And they're just like, why why do some teams get really great offensive linemen and some teams can't seem to figure it out? He's like, well, there's rules that only allow you to, like, let them actually block people for a certain amount of time. Like, they can't just, you know, you can't do, like, a 9 to 5 where they're just blocking the whole time because that's against the union regulations, you know? Right. So you only get so much time in the pads and the helmets and stuff like that. And that's really where they're learning. And teams that can, like, continue that continuity from year to year just build and build because they get more time with the with the linemen and the pads to eventually get good. Like that's why that's why if you get a whole new offensive line with five new people who've never played together, it's going to look really weird for a while, even if it's five pro bowl players, you know? Like Well, and I was gonna uh, say it's not just each individual guy with pads, but it's that the guys next to him are familiar. It's yeah. like year to year you have the same five guys always going up to the line together. They it's a cohesive unit, despite the fact being they're five separate guys. So yeah. But I mean, like I, I think the I think the offensive line will get better. I think the defense will round into form. Uh, I think Lamar was running for his life a little bit last night, but he was also trying to. They also put this pass like he's going to be a pocket passer for times. Uh, it seems like they made a more consistent effort to make him throw the ball yesterday. Yeah, which yeah. worked out fine. I I think he was fine as a passer throughout the game. Uh, there were a couple moments here and there, but. Uh, you know, again, this problem seems to be more people drop balls <laughs> than Lamar throws people wild passes, you know, like, but we'll see. Uh, it's obviously still very early in the season, but we'll see what happens from here. I'm um, looking forward to Sunday night, though, against the Chiefs. That'll be a lot of fun back in Baltimore. Yes. Yep. Uh, and uh, if you want to be considered the cream of the crop in the AFC, you really have to either beat or get really close to KC. So let's see what happens there. And and we didn't save a whole five minutes, but I got uh, one minute and 40 seconds for you. One minute. To rant to your heart's desire. Okay. Just real quick, because this might be one of the last times I ever get to do this because he doesn't play anymore. 
Uh, but Derek Jeter was elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, and he had his moment in Cooperstown with the plaque and everything like that this past uh, week. And it would be I would be remiss if I didn't say something uh, to Derek Jeter at this time, which is uh, you were so goddamn lucky you played for the Yankees. I can't believe there has never been. Uh, you know, Joe Namath, I think, is like the person I think of. Like, thank God he played for the Jets and thank God he won a Super Bowl because nobody would know who Joe Namath was unless those two things were true. Nobody, Derek Jeter would not be a Hall of Famer and people probably wouldn't know who he was if he didn't play for the New York Yankees. They, he won championships because he was with the Yankees, not because he was the best player on the field. I mean, like, Barry Bonds never won a championship and he was the best player in baseball for. Uh, many, many, many years, uh, even even before the steroids happened, you know, like uh, the one thing that always that always makes me go back is like people bring up things like the gold gloves, like, you know, Jeter was this great defensive player. And I always go back to the first year that Jeter wasn't at shortstop anymore and they brought Didi Gregorius in to play. And by all the modern stats that chart defense, uh it said that Gregorius was a league average shortstop. He was completely average across. He was like 15 out of 32 in terms of like defense from a shortstop. And the way the fans in New York reacted when they saw him play and they were just like, holy shit, he, he's so much better than Jeter is. Like acting like this guy must be the best shortstop who ever played the game because he's better than Jeter. No, no, no. You just you just managed to see what a league average shortstop looked like compared to the guy that you had been propping up like the greatest defensive player of all time because gold glo- gold gloves were broken for so long. Because if you remember, one of the years that he won a gold glove as a shortstop was the same year that <laughs> Rafael Palmero won a gold glove as a first baseman where he paid 25 games at first base. So don't <laughs> act like uh, that award is everything. If Jeter played for the Royals, you wouldn't even know his name. He'd be Harold Baines desperately trying to get onto the get into the Hall of Fame on the Veterans Committee and stuff like that. Uh, Derek Jeter is not a surefire Hall of Famer, and I hope that he uh, never has any success in Miami. I don't know. That's, that's my last little bit. Fuck him. Fuck Derek All Jeter. Right. Uh, yeah, just uh, fuck Derek Jeter because he's uh, rich. And, I'm surprised uh, he didn't uh, jump into the crowd and try and injure somebody during his Hall of Fame commencement speech or whatever eat the rich that's what i say <laughs> uh well uh i imagine i'm going to hear it from a a lot of bleacher creatures this weekend uh you know Where what I you, ima- hear that? you know what i imagine i'm going to hear a lot of what's that oh the anthem.com gory know the anthem.com or the anthem on facebook twitter instagram listener line 443-219-7595 what's that number again 443-219-7595 you can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, we already touched the YouTube thing, so no need to say any more. Yeah, you got plenty of content coming because you got to... time to look up prefaces of constitutions. Because <laughs> I could read to one article of the California Constitution. I had time for that today. Yeah, why not? <laughs> time for one thing, time for another. Anyway, you're still on camera. Uh, content coming? Any? Uh, not at the moment. We'll see. I bet you that baby will be here before a new video on YouTube will be here. That's what I'm just calling it right now. Baby before content. Also, because the 
he's gonna find out he's gonna be a dad in like nine days. Tomorrow, oh, God. So. <laughs> Please not. <laughs> anyway, you can find more of me at Robert Ed Cheek on all your social media, including funny digs at Corey, just like that, <laughs> and my rant about how much I hate Gen Z. Also coming on Instagram, so make sure you check that out. Uh, probably cross posted on TikTok, Robert and Cheek on all those networks. Uh, you can find more about what I'm working on, robertandcheek.com. Uh, I have videos that are going to go up whenever I fucking feel like it. They're, they're literally loaded into YouTube. I just have not made them live. Because um, fuck you. That's why. That's why. Wow. Uh, wow. Because advertisers have us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we don't like to buy shit yeah. we don't need. That's Excuse why. Me. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I had, too, I had too much Coke there all in one gulp. But, uh, oh, also, uh, you can find me, uh, Robert and Cheek on Twitch and on PlayStation. And I stream Call of Duty and Splitgate. Come join me for that. Vanguard, uh, beta continues tomorrow, uh, Thursday, uh, Thursday. So I'll be back doing the Vanguard beta on Thursday. Come join me for the video. Nice. Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know if it's good. AOC, seriously, I said a lot of mean stuff, but call me. Just saying. <laughs> I could turn you around. But as always, you're listening to the Anthem Podcast, part of the O the Anthem Digital Network, out in time for Corey to go cast his vote or not. Let's see if I do it. Let's see if I do it. Uh, I forgot where I was. Uh, For Corey. uh, uh, For Corey. This is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Maybe, uh, Maybe AOC's dress was just misread. Maybe it said, meet the rich. Like, she just wanted to meet the rich well, people. It's a, it's a tax the rich, so that doesn't really work. I mean, I thought I thought you, you said something about eat the rich. I thought maybe I... I say <laughs> eat the rich because when we have nothing what if we eat. What if we just want to meet the rich? Like Dan Lee? <laughs> you would want to meet the rich. <laughs> oh, well, though, no, I mean, really, that's just... Um, it's just a family reunion, right? <laughs> Not all my family. <laughs>